Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, am joined for a Holy Week special with both Kevin Bender and Marcus Huff. And we discuss and have a conversation about some of our memories regarding Holy Week and the special place that this holds in our lives and our practice as Christians. We hope that you enjoy this conversation and maybe it will remind you of some of your own memories and maybe it will be all kind of brand new for you as maybe you've never really explored or participated in Holy Week before. So uh, this hopefully is a really encouraging and uh, different kind of conversation for you. Just a little disclaimer, we have not yet done a podcast with three people and we uh, had some issues with our microphones. Uh, you are able to hear everything. However, the quality is just not as good as it usually is. So, you know, just bear with us and enjoy the conversation for what it is. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, guys. Hello. Wachayam. Wachayam. What does that mean? No idea. You don't know. No Someone's idea. Someone's not drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kevin, you should be... Yeah, you should be honest with the people. That's not coffee. It's not. It's water. Huh? It tastes mildly like coffee, though, because I used to drink coffee out of this. Yeah. I almost drank a cup of mild coffee. That's right. Because I just... Marcus, I brewed, a, I brewed a cup of coffee with a little, like, curing machine, and Marcus brought it and said, that looks thin. And I realized that I ran a, ran a, a, a mug of a second, a second round through the same curing pod, so... It doesn't recycle all that well, so anyway, I had to uh, had to brew another one. Hey, but to those of you at home, if if you're listening to this, you may have just picked up on the fact that there are three voices. Yes, the three musketeers, and you're all here. So we've got Aaron and Kevin and Marcus all on the podcast today, and we're going to do something a little bit a little bit different today. Uh, we're we're releasing this this episode on the Wednesday of Holy Week, uh, and so we wanted to just do sort of a little Holy Week special. Uh, just a little a little kind of disclaimer here: uh, the three of us uh, all grew up in Missouri Synod Lutheran homes. Uh, I, Aaron, my my dad is a, a Lutheran pastor. Kevin's dad is a Lutheran pastor. Uh, Marcus's family was highly involved in their church and has yeah. said that their that the church was basically a second home. Yeah. Kevin and Marcus both went to Lutheran schools from kindergarten through eighth grade. I was a public school guy, but you know, the rebel, the rebel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's why he's on the chair, not the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, in our in our tradition, and you guys may have, your listeners may have uh, kind of different traditions growing up, but uh, I think in our traditions, or at least in our memories, uh, the the season of Lent and Holy Week in particular is sort of, kind of the highlight of the church year, um, and so we we want to share. Uh, some of our <laughs> memories, I think, maybe some of our experiences, whether they're they're old or even recent, some things that we remember from kind of the season of Lent and Holy Week, building up to Easter. 
uh, kind of with the intent that maybe for, for listeners, maybe you've had some of these same sorts of traditions and maybe it'll conjure up memories in your mind and kind of just a re-encouragement to you. Yeah, this is a, this is the highlight of the church year. And maybe some others of you um, maybe have different kind of church history backgrounds and maybe you're new to the church and maybe you, maybe you don't go to church at all and you wonder, what is the church doing during this during this time? And maybe you didn't even know that we've got special services called Maundy Thursday. What does that mean? A Good Friday. So lots of, um, I don't know, there's, there's, there's a lot to this. And so we just want to share uh, from our background, our memories, our stories, and we're just going to have a conversation about that and see how it goes. And so uh, we really hope you enjoy uh, participating with us. So I don't know who... Who wants to go first? I just had a quick thought, like about you know Holy Week. It's it's interesting, like that you know it gets so much attention, like like you're saying in our tradition, we uh, kind of like slow down and we have additional opportunities uh, to worship and kind of meditate on it. What's this week about? Um, but you know, it kind of makes sense that we would do that, right? Even thinking about the Gospels uh, and the story that gets told of Jesus, right? I mean, this is spanning his life. Uh, or at least his, you know, most of his adult ministry, so like three years. But, uh, you know, take John's Gospel, for instance, you know, 11 chapters right. uh, for the for those first, like, most of those first three years. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I don't know, eight chapters, nine chapters? It was, starts in chapter uh, 12. Chapter 12 with the triumphal entry. Yeah. Chapter 21. Right? Yeah. I'm going to mess it up. John, 21, 21, I think. 21, yeah. It, so either way, we're saying like half the book is like one week. Right. So like even in scripture, there's a slowing down and kind of the recognition that, whoa, this is this is kind of an important week. Uh, <laughs> that was what I thought was really cool, like in my young adulthood, realizing being around the church calendar and, and all the seasons and stuff going on, all of a sudden the whole uh, the church year frames around a literal week of Jesus' life. You know, all of a sudden it goes from like, he's a baby, and now he's in his 30s. But all of a sudden we're like going, oh, this is a literal week. We're slowing down. We're walking it through it. And it's such an amazing experiential aspect to like do a whole literal week. Right. I mean, even just on Sunday here we had palm branches, part of the experience. Right. You know, and then we walk through it, and all the extra services are part of literally what happened. Right. Progressing all the way through it, you know, it's almost every single day is laid out uniquely and specifically and specially through it. And I go, whoa, that's cool. I, I found that really relatable in my twenties. I think uh-huh. that was going on versus just I don't know hundreds of thousands of years or <laughs> twenty years all spread out. All of a sudden, I'm like I can handle a week. Going yeah. like, oh, that's rough, man. All your friends really love you one Sunday, and then here we are Friday night and going, you're dead. Going like, wait. Right. That's a reality check. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of it like that, Marcus. I mean, I think maybe that's what I've experienced that, but yeah, yeah, like so, so much of the scripture and even in our preaching and stuff, like we were, you know, last week we were finishing up talking about Daniel, you know, right? It was hundreds of years before Jesus. And yeah. so, and then we fast forward to Palm Sunday and so now <laughs> we're in, you know, so it kind of jumps all over, but then, yeah, seriously, step by step, like, Literally, those seven, eight days, right, uh, of Jesus' life, we got it. We got it. We, we walked it. And that's really cool. It was funny this week. I had a friend who was reaching out about, like, meeting up uh, to do, like, a Zoom kind of hangout on Thursday night. 
in like any other week of my life. It's not like the church week would have made a difference. But I was like, well, that's like the night that Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. And I was like, no, I can, we, can, we can do this. We can do this. But it was just like, I had to have that thought of, oh, yeah, that's going on this week. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like there's not another week where I think, oh, well, this was happening in Jesus' life this on this day. Uh-huh. You know? But yeah. Holy Week, each day is kind of got its, yeah. Yeah, its events, what's going on. So. So what has this looked like for you guys over the last 30-plus-odd years, this Holy Week experience? What's been the... Yeah, I mean, I have I have memories as a kid. And again, I, I said that, you know, my dad was a infant pastor growing up. I do have I do have memories. I don't I don't know if it was Lent or Holy Week per se, but I have memories of being woken up, um, like by my by my mom in the in the church pew, like mm. having fallen asleep, like during an evening church service. You know, okay. like I have I have those kinds of memories, and I just I have these memories also of. Um, of evening worship, um, and I, I, I think we had a tradition in my church. I'll have to ask my dad, but I think we may have ended like every Lent service um, by singing "Abide with Me," yeah. and uh, my mom always sang in the choir. So I remember sitting up in the balcony, and uh, the last verse would always be sung a cappella. And I remember sitting like with the choir, and then they break into these four-part harmonies, and the sound is reverberating in the church, like. Lots of those, lots of those memories um, from childhood. But then, um, when I was um, seventh, eighth grade, I, I mean, I really started getting involved in like the music life of, of the church. I actually became the, the full time church organist when I was in eighth grade. So, like, I mean, that so that's actually a lot of like life being at home. Like, I was, I was the guy. I mean, we didn't have any praise band or any of that stuff. It was just the organ. So like I was playing, playing organ and then I was accompanying the church choir. And then uh, we would have like a brass choir on Easter morning. I remember one, one Easter morning, my dad uh, had the idea, or maybe it was our youth director, but um, that to start the Easter morning uh, uh, service that they would, they borrowed these huge crash symbols <laughs> from the high school band and the Easter Sunday uh, service, like the sunrise service early morning was this, Bang, you know, and this, this. So yeah, I don't know. A lot of these, a lot of these memories. I always remember. Sorry, just one other thing too. Like it always felt like for some reason on Good Friday. Maybe my mom always just uh, brought this up, but it always felt like Good Friday. Being I grew up in northern Minnesota, kind of, you know, spring like weather. I always remember it always being like rainy and gloomy and dreary. <laughs> And maybe it was always just my mom pointed it out when it was those days. Okay. Like, you know, this is the day that that we remember that Jesus died. Isn't it interesting? That, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's always gloomy on Good Friday. I don't think that's the case. But in my mind, it was. It was. So. Yeah. yeah, it stands out what it is, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's one of the things that came to my mind was, uh, just thinking back to when I was a kid, the, just the darkness. Hmm. Like, the darkness of evening worship. Of this season, I mean, you're in you know these winter months, so like the sun's gone by the time you're worshiping um, uh, in the evening throughout Lent, um, and and uh, but yeah, Good Friday. I remember there was one year where there was a real like big thunderstorm going on that side, which was really cool. It's like totally beefed up, you know, the sermon and the message and just the ambiance of it all. Um, and then uh, you know, I don't know uh, what you guys have experienced, but like at the end of that Good Friday service, like always that somberness because it was like we were all 
set the bulletin, like leave in silence, don't yeah. talk to anybody. Yeah. That was really hard because I wanted to talk to everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean that day feels so distinct yeah. in of all the of all the uh, days in the church, I guess. Um, you know, because normally church is like pretty happy, yeah. vibrant, life filled kind of thing, sunny, you know, kind of thing. And uh, that day, um, yeah, so. I don't know, somber and, and uh, I don't know, dark and quiet and reflective. So, but yeah, the darkness, that stands out to me when I was a Why do you think, kid. well, you guys know this, and we do it too, probably think it's part of the experience, but for some people that haven't been in the church, yeah. like why, why would churches say, hey, leave in silence? Hmm. Like why would you say go, usually you send people home with a lot of hope and joy. Yeah. Why do you say go home and like sit? In it really yeah well so actually you know historically we we try to do the same thing and maybe we don't educate about this enough but it's intended it's intended to actually be really one service mm-hmm. so from Monday Thursday to Good Friday and a lot of churches historically um, even a number of Lutheran churches have a, a Saturday a service called an Easter vigil mm-hmm. like staying up keeping the vigil keeping the watch and then uh, Easter morning and so it's intended to be one one service that that flows one to the next. So you leave you leave in silence, yeah, because it's somber, but also because it's just, it's not done yet. It's not finished. You know. Yeah. Um, so it, we're leaving, but in a way we're, we're like physically leaving, but the, but we know that you have to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to come back. Actually, uh, just this morning, I was I was looking for uh, I was looking for something that I had uh, said or preached at a Good Friday um, a couple of years back, and I couldn't remember. And so I went um, in the archives, and it was just a couple a couple of years ago. I actually like uh, put up a slide that ended the service, and it, it just said "to be continued." You know, like in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dot dot dot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. yeah. So. And that was something I probably wouldn't have guessed. As a regular attendee growing up, like that, I said to a church a bunch one week. I mean, that was probably the reality of my honest feedback. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, we just were going to church. I think I got done, my, my, our church and school were in the same building. So oh. class got at like three o'clock, and maybe there was like a band practice we stuck around for or something. I remember roaming the halls and playing hide and seek with other kids until 4 30, church started. Oh. And then we ate like a meal afterward and stuff like that. So, we were there a lot on Wednesdays, and then it was just boom, boom, boom. That was kind of Lent, Lent in the season. But music definitely sticks out too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the melodicness of you know, Lent and songs, Abide With Me, was something that stuck out a lot, and sing regularly, and, and then all the transitions. It was such a neat, emotional, uh, experiential kind of week to me in so many ways. You know, if you think, when you look back at uh, Good Friday, they strip everything down, everything is bare, which yeah. is kind of weird to see your church, like, with all the pretty colors, or yeah. cloth this and that, or symbols, and just strip down to nothing, like this empty room. It's like moving out of your dorm room. It's like, wait, this was full of something. Something's missing. What's going on? Yeah. And you come back Easter Day, and it's like, whoa, it's pretty, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's just filled back in with more life than what it was even before. Yeah. You know? And so, so much of that is done so purposefully. And it's ginormous, like 30-foot Hallelujah banner they had hung up. And oh. 
brass and timpani playing. And, I mean, you had chills instantly on Easter Easter morning. So I even love the smell of lilies. Oh. We were talking about it earlier today. <laughs> staff, they're ragging on it. They, yeah. I mean, some people have allergies to it and allergic, but I don't know. It's a pleasant connection to me. I like the lily smell. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Um, for sure. And Kevin, I mean, this is your first holy week. Uh, being an ordained pastor, mm-hmm. uh, and so you're obviously stepping into Saints Peter, Paul, and we've kind of got some our own rhythms and traditions to these things. But I don't know. I'm just I'm curious what maybe what you're either excited about or looking forward to in this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you've had time to even think about that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, I think I think that's. Um, some of the fun or the uniqueness of stepping into any in different church is seeing how they, uh, you know, celebrate. What unique things to their church do they do to kind of highlight Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, Easter Sunday? The the stripping of the altar. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that when mm-hmm. I was uh, growing up. I mean, maybe they did that. Okay, but I always thought at the end of our services, and to me, this was unique to to that church in Quincy. At the end of our Good Friday service, um, uh, there was just like this, something got slammed. It's supposed to be that tomb shutting, yeah. right? Um, but then in St. Louis, uh, when I went to church down there just before coming up here, uh, I, maybe I was closer to the altar space, but they made a big deal about that stripping of the altar. Okay, yeah. Everything kind of being bare. Yeah, so we do that We do that on Monday, Thursday mm-hmm. here, so like after Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. Um, and what, what we've actually made a tradition of, because we... On Good Friday, we have this tradition. We have this uh, Good Friday cross where we invite people to come and pound nails into the cross, and come in a very experiential way. And it's just silent, and, and you know, it's that reminder that's my sin that held Jesus to the cross, and mm-hmm. so very participatory. And so we're, I mean, we do that all the time. But um, so what I do on Monday Thursday, then we we strip the altar, and everything goes away, and then I go in the back room and get to get that Good Friday cross. And bring it out and set it on the front step, yeah. and then we walk out in silence. You know, it's sort of like that. Oh, right, that's coming. This is what's yeah. You know? So, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm excited for is just to see these unique aspects of of these services here. And I, it's kind of fun for that that they're a little more participatory and a little more engaging in that sense. You know, we get used to kind of just sitting and seeing and. Uh, receiving and hearing kind of the same rhythms uh, throughout the year, but then these special days come in and yeah. uh, it kind of move you. Yeah, yeah. At my at my vicarage church, um, it's Monday Thursday. I should just pause. We keep saying this this word, uh, so oh, I'm going to take this as an educational point as well. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm, I probably heard this growing up, but you know, you need to hear things like eleven hundred times before they actually sink in. And then it's teaching something usually that really makes it sink in. So Monday, when we say when we're saying Monday Thursday, we're not we're not confused. We're not saying Monday Thursday, all right. So we're not talking about <laughs> Monday. It's one day Monday Thursday. It comes from the Latin word mandatum, which means commandment, which comes from Jesus' words to his disciples in John thirteen uh, on on this night that he's you know that he washes the disciples' feet, institutes the Lord's Supper, that he's arrested. He says, a new commandment I give to you, 
that you love one another, right? So Monday, Thursday, the commandment that Jesus has given to us is love one another, love one another. So again, not Monday, not Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, mandatu, commandment, love one another. There you go. So on Monday, Thursday at my vicarage church, they had a real cool uh, thing, really experiential. Uh, they did, and I, I got to participate in it. They always had the, the vicar. And vicarage, that's my internship year studying to be a pastor. I was in uh, Lakewood, Colorado. But they did what was called the Living Last Supper. Hmm. So, uh, actually, well, the, the, you know, the painting behind you guys, or that wood engraving, that's the yeah. Last Supper. Um, so this Living Last Supper is a drama where there's 12 guys, well, 13 guys, I guess, <laughs> including Jesus, spread out like that at one table. And then, and then they've all got different parts in this drama, and they, they speak, and Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. But then the, uh, the Living Last Supper ends by Jesus actually literally breaking the bread, and then they had tables set up um, up front, and then people from, like, the worshipers would come in and sit at the tables um, and actually, like, participate in the Lord's Supper um, sitting at tables and stuff. So it was pretty, like, pretty cool, experiential yeah. uh, type type deal, you actually kind of get or welcomed into that room with Jesus and his disciples. So that's a memory I have. That's awesome. I love that we keep talking about experiential, the aspect of engaging. I think that's just the new meaning I'm getting this week, thinking about it now more so. Again, this is this constantly an invitation. It's not being forced upon anybody. Like, as a kid going to church, I was like, oh, I have to be there. Right. I didn't feel like, or I didn't receive it, or I didn't take it as an invitation. Like, that was my parents' new command. You must go to church tonight. Like, I, am, I am here, therefore. Um, but it is that invitation to be part of something bigger. You know, that's the whole narrative of the week. He's like, I've done this for you. I'm inviting you to be part of this. It's right. here. This is taking place if you want to be part of it or not. Right. That's such a cool invitation that we're extending, encouraging others to extend to their family and friends, too, to be participatory, to yeah. engage. In this week, in some way, but don't bring your Bible and engaging in it, and you're invited to do that or any of those steps walking through it. But what we've done this for a while now 30 some years, we've walked through Holy Week, mm. and then we've got family and kids, or a kid, or two kids, or three and a half kids. Like, well, you know, <laughs> so the uh, what does it look like as fathers? With families and our kids having, you know, rich experiences growing up in the church and instilling it in our own, our own families. Yeah. I mean, we get so busy wrapped up in the leading services and the yeah. life of the church, but we also have the other pretty big side role of fathers and husbands. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, the experiencing it and participating in it and stuff. I think, like, I don't know if it's a new tradition, but uh, it, be, it became something we did uh, last year during COVID. Like, uh, we, we filmed, we had people film videos for Palm Sunday, like, yeah. just saying um, Hosanna and, and sending those things in. Um, it, was, it was interesting. Last year, my kids were, um, they didn't really want to participate. I kind of forced them to, to do that, and they weren't really <laughs> sheepish about it. But then this year I was like, guys, do you wanna do you wanna do that uh, Hosanna video again? And they actually they remembered like 
yeah, everything that we did, the way that they set it up, the way that they rode their bikes, the the tree that we cut down, Euper uh, palms from, you know, yeah. pine, pine branches from this <laughs> this tree and not technically our property, um, but uh, and, and so so they, they they actually wanted to do all that um, again. I mean, Hazel, my oldest daughter, she she remembers you know all these Good Fridays like pounding the nails into the cross and. Mm. Um, Actually, just just yesterday, the with the palm branch, uh, palm yeah. branches that we pass up, um, there were there's always people that that uh, that like fold those into crosses and stuff, mm-hmm. and I've never known how to do that. So, uh, so we took some extra ones home, and, and my wife looked up a, a YouTube video with the kids on, on how to do that and talk through it. And actually, somehow my uh, I think it was at the dinner table the other night. My kids are a little bit older than your guys, but I mean, yours are probably, I mean, they, they start asking questions and when yeah. the questions start coming, they start coming. But we had a conversation about, about uh, church or the days of the week or something. And, hmm. um, and, and we got talking about how uh, uh, Easter uh, was on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And that's why Sunday is the first day of the week. And that's why why Christians go to church on Easter. Okay. And you know, and so I had this conversation, and, and our, Hazel, my, my oldest daughter, heard like the light bulb started going off in her mind, you know. And I said, yeah, before Jesus rose from the dead, the Jews uh, actually gathered. The first day of the week was Saturday, mm-hmm. and they gathered for worship on Saturday on, on the Sabbath. But when Jesus rose from the dead, the Christians were like, whoa, well, we gotta we gotta worship on on Sunday. And gather together, and that's like the new start, a new week. Yeah. Uh, that's why we gather together for worship on Sunday. And she was like, "Well, that's why church is on Sunday, you know." <laughs> and so, those are. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, those are yeah. some of my like memories and experiences, and what I'm trying to do. I guess. That's awesome. What about you? Yeah, I think it's amazing that like uh, sometimes for me, when it comes to Lily, you know, she's only two years old, a little over two years old, but you recognize that even just by your own participation mm-hmm. in church or church life. Like, it's not even that you have to be saying to yourself, okay, i got to figure out how I'm going to teach my kid all these things. But, but just your active participation yeah. <laughs> and engagement, you know, going to church, uh, they, well, I guess sometimes they, they use this language, right, like things are caught and not taught. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So just by your kids watching you yeah. be a Christian, they learn how, what it means to be a Christian, right? Yeah. Before they start asking some of these, uh, you know, bigger, deeper questions, or yeah. questions that are like, "Wait a minute, this is what I'm reading, and we're living this way," you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. But, um, but so Lily, she, she like, the, it really snuck up on me in the Christmas season, because there's, you know, in these special seasons of the church, there's like more opportunities to like point at stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, when you have those opportunities, even in a church or even looking at a calendar, but, mm-hmm. but like with all the ornaments, right? So there's ornaments all around, yeah. and um, look at the different you know, symbols and. Lily was really, she loves animals, so she really loved animals at that time, and so she's like, oh, you know, camel, yeah. camel. I'm like, yeah, those were mm-hmm. the wise men. The wise men rode on the camels, right, <laughs> to see Jesus. And, you know, talked about the, the donkey there at the stables, and then she saw Mary riding on a donkey, but she said, donkey, donkey, yeah. you know. So I tell her who's riding on these things and yeah. stuff, and then, uh, you know, eventually get to tell her, oh, yeah, you know, the little baby, that's Jesus. And then, you know, next day or two, all of a sudden, she points over at the ornament, and she's like, Jesus, oh, you know, yeah. like the major scene. I'm like, 
you can learn that? You're so small. How do you know that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's amazing what, what kids will pick up. I don't know what kind of things you've seen in Soli or, or just as being a father. Like, yeah, yeah Soli yesterday was, he was jazzed with the palm branch. And then we, it turned into like a fishing pole at some point during the service. But, you know, he definitely caught. <laughs> like Hosanna. Like even this morning he was waving around his dried out palm branch at home. And Hosanna, I need a new one. I need a new one. And stuff like that. So I said, we got spares. So I'm bringing home a new, new palm branch today. But yeah, there's something about coming and washing, watching and engaging. You know, that being part of that community and stuff. That's, that's huge. And. Yeah, there's something to be being in that space together, which is really instrumental. We've got Easter books and we've been gifted from members of the congregation and walking through those and trying to rotate the storybooks at home and what's happening, which is really kind of neat. And I think watching some of these videos and you know, it's some intense adult life stuff that kids get to experience differently than probably what we would let them watch at home with yeah. their limited screen time. All of a sudden, it's kind of like whoa, this is different. Yeah. And helping them process that. Yeah. And it's kind of a unique time to, they're engaging, asking what's going on, why is this happening? Right. And getting to speak the faith in our homes with our kids. Right. In just a different way than we normally would as well too. So. And I, I just, I know from an early, from an early age, like, Fortunately or unfortunately, even even kids understand the reality of life and death. Mm. Somehow, I think even before they experience or are taught that life and death are these real things, like somehow, I think we just know that yeah. what we have isn't like doesn't last forever. I don't know. So, like from an early age, I, don't, I think Good Friday and Easter in particular has been the opportunity for me to teach my kids that um, death is not the end, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so I've, I've tried intentionally uh, to teach my children that death is not the end, you know? Yeah. That sadness and grief is, is a reality, that Jesus rose from the dead, mm-hmm. and we too will rise from the dead, mm-hmm. you know? and. I've, I've had this conversation. I've heard my own kids like witness this back to me all the time. Like um, we um, we had a um, my wife and I had a, a friend, a, a former coworker of both of ours, um, uh, a young guy uh, that that actually died from COVID this year. Um, and we weren't like trying to talk in front of our kids about this, but you know, kids hear. Yeah. <laughs> they hear everything, you know, and they, they heard us talk about how our, our friend had died. And immediately they said, well, he's going to rise from the dead. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you're right. He, knew, he knows Jesus, you know? Yeah. So those are, those are super cool uh, moments. And I, I think that's just where, like, like you said, Kevin, like bringing our kids along. And this is what we're trying to do, like in the church, like bring you along on this journey, like, we walk with Jesus. We take those steps with Him. We 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 watch as the people, you know, shout Hosanna, save us. We we see as He's betrayed and denied. We watch Him die, and everybody runs and scatters. We see the the disciples lock themselves in a room because mm-hmm. they're they're afraid, and it's only the women who are brave enough to go to the tomb, <laughs> you know. And uh, and 
and, and it's just this this whole thing. Like so, uh, I, I think this has been a I don't know this has been a fruitful conversation for me. I've I've enjoyed <laughs> it. Hopefully, those of you at home, you know, you've you've uh, kind of caught some of the the storyline of what we're doing in this holy week, and uh, maybe it conjured up you know emotions for you or memories for you or. Uh, maybe a new way of seeing this, or maybe something totally brand new. Um, so I don't know, guys. Any any other parting thoughts about Holy Week, Easter? Join us. Yeah. I mean, I, I love you know teaching your kids instinctually, like specifically the fact of the whole narrative, not just death, death and sadness, but you're gonna rise again. Like how we're supposed to be here, be for the whole story. Like walk, literally walk through the week with us, or annually, or, or monthly if you want. Like just go through it and spend the time in it, and just get the fullness of it. I mean, that's he's coming back to give you the fullness, to fulfill what's broken. You know, mm-hmm. like don't settle for partial a piece of it, or just settling for the, the smallness of frailness what we got. But you know, yeah. yeah. Grappling with those harder uh, pieces of the week too, especially Good Friday, like like you mentioned, so on Sunday, it enhances, it makes even greater that Easter kind of high. Yeah. And you know, when we look at the reality of uh, uh, the darkness, uh, the, the the light's even brighter. So, yeah. Well, cool. Wait, it was fun sharing this with both of you guys today. Yeah. You at home. Thanks for joining us. All right, cheers, boys. Peace, you guys. Peace, you.